0: This episode of Stick Like Glue Radio is brought to you by Jim Palmer's Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program. Now is the time to create your dream business, and Jim Palmer is the perfect business coach to help you get that done. Jim offers three different coaching programs, and as a member of his mastermind group, you'll also benefit from the advice, wisdom, and inspiration of other successful entrepreneurs. This is a group of action takers, so if you're tired of slow to no growth and are ready to finally grow your dream business, go to www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com.
1: This is John Paffer from Bar Rescue, and you're listening to Stick Like Glue Radio.
0: Welcome to Jim Palmer's Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Jim Palmer is a marketing and business building expert, author, speaker, and an in-demand coach. He's the founder of the Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind program. Jim is the host of Newsletter Guru TV, the hit weekly web TV show based on Jim's smart marketing and business building advice. Check it out at www.newsletterguru.tv. And now, please welcome the host of Stick Like Blue Radio, Jim Palmer.
1: Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio. This is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers. So they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Those are great things in any business. I am your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. As always, I'm committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster. I'm very excited about this week's show. My special guest is marketing and PR specialist, Liz O'Donnell. Let me tell you a little bit about Liz. She is the general manager of Double Forte, a marketing firm expert at connecting companies to the people who matter to them via digital, marketing, and content strategy. She's also the founder of She Starts, which supports the growing pipeline of women founders in Boston through networking, coaching, and events. Liz is the author of Mogul, Mom, and Maid, The Balancing Act of the Modern Woman. I love that title. And it's a book that picks up where other business books leave off, understanding the impact women's lives have on their careers and the way business can support working women. She's a frequent speaker and consultant to women who want to thrive and the organizations that want to reach and mobilize women. Her blog, Hello Ladies was named one of the top 100 websites for women by Forbes, uh, Best of the Net by Working Mother Magazine, and A Voice of the Year by Blog Her. Liz, thanks so much for being my guest. You're, you're an in-demand person. Thanks for uh, coming on my program.
2: Thanks for having me. You know, I love when people read my resume because it reminds me that I look good on paper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then it's something you have to live up to for the next 25 <laughs> minutes right it's sort of that's like fun. the author
2: photo on your book jacket you know when you go to speak you think oh no now i need to look like that
1: i know or, or then there's the people who put a photo of them 20 years ago on their on their social media it's like that's not you anyway we, we digress. But
2: anyway, we digress.
1: Yes. So, Liz, as you well know, content is like it's one of the most effective ways to deliver and control your marketing message. I mean, it's really what's driving most of the marketing for growth-oriented businesses, and it's how people are generating quality leads and things like that. But, you know, every day you just about turn on and there's a new platform, a new way of doing things, a new social media strategy. How do you... So I'm going to ask you a very simple question, kind of a low question. How do you cut through all the noise and clutter? There's there's a high softball across the plate, so to speak.
2: Right. I think the one-word answer is relevancy. I think the most important thing, because there is, we are bombarded with content these days, bombarded. Um, so how do you stand out? The most important thing is to make it relevant to your audience. So... Um, you know, thinking about where is your audience receiving the message. And when I say where, not just where are they going to be, are they on their phones, are they in front of a laptop, are they looking at a big screen, are they in the back of an Uber, you know, uh, getting ready for a meeting. So not just physically where are they, but mentally where are they. Where are they on your buyer cycle? Where are they in their lives? And I think that's just part of the reason that I've been able to meld, um my personal interest in supporting busy women in their lives and my professional interest of working in marketing and content strategy, you have to remember that the consumer and the buyer is a real person. So they might be sitting behind a desk, uh, but they're still thinking about what's going on at home.
1: Mm, that's really good. You know, I see a lot of people make mistakes Uh, by taking a a simple post or something and then just broadcasting it on every platform going. (laughs) Like I hate when I see on Facebook, uh, it's something that obviously originated from Twitter, you know, because it's got the, hey, at so-and-so, thanks for the retweet, and that shows up on Facebook. So I know you probably, you have a lot of different ways. I'm sure you're referencing relevancy. As you say, we're in the buying cycle, but isn't being platform appropriate a big thing also?
2: Hashtag irrelevant, right? Um, I feel the same way when you see those Facebook posts covered in hashtags. You know it was written for another audience and you know there's some sort of auto software they're using to populate across all the platforms. Exactly what you were saying. And that's part of relevancy, too. Um, We all visit multiple platforms in our days. And if you stop and think about it, you're probably creating these set of rules for yourself. Like I use Facebook to communicate with family and neighbors. I go to Pinterest. To pursue my passion my, you know my personal passions, and I go to Twitter for business, um, it doesn't have to be that way, but we all start to set up these rules of how we use things, so we need to make sure that the message is tweaked for the audiences when we're going to Pinterest, you know heavy on the visuals, heavy on the how to when we're going to Twitter, um, you know load it with hashtags so people can find it, put a lot of apps in it, so you get a lot of retweets. but when you go to Facebook, just you know, right from the heart.
1: That's that's um, that's really good the way you put that. So I like the word relevancy, um, Liz. So one of the things you said early uh, a couple minutes ago is you said relevancy of where they are in the buying cycle, right? So how how do you do that on social media? Because I mean, with social media, you don't actually know.
2: Yeah. Um- You don't actually know, but so I guess what you want to do when it comes to social media is you want to think about okay, why am I, what's my intent in posting? Why am I posting right now? Um, And and develop a mix of content so that it does speak to people at different parts of the buying process. Um, Is it, are you trying to build awareness? Are you on Twitter to try to build a following? Well, then that's going to dictate the type of content, like, hey, check out Stick Like Glue. Uh, We're talking about this today. Or are you trying to reach your loyal listeners already? And then that's gonna drive a different kind of content. So maybe that's gonna be um, some bonus packages that you're offering, downloadables and that sort of thing. Uh, So that's what I mean by uh, finding them where they are and then thinking about what's appropriate for the platform.
1: Okay, yeah, I work with a lot of um, entrepreneurial companies and and small business owners and um, you know, most of Most of those folks probably yourself included, wear so many hats and you have so many responsibilities and and you you even know instinctively that um, content marketing is a great strategy because it 's all about you know getting people to know who you are and what you stand for and how you can help way before you go for the ask but how does someone find time to generate all that content and and th- even those who get started in it, you know, they, you can see them, hey, welcome to our weekly this or that, and next thing you know, the next one comes out a month later. So, you know, <laughs> do you have any st- tips and strategies for that?
2: Well, I think I could turn that question around to you, who's been doing a you know steady, uh, consistent podcast. But it, it's such a problem. In fact, one of the things I find uh, when counseling entrepreneurs, and they have big eyes and big ideas, and they want to develop this aggressive content strategy is, Whoa, stop. What are you really going to be capable of keeping up a consistent pace with? Uh, The name of the game certainly in content is around volume and consistency, but sometimes you have to sacrifice the volume for consistency. Nothing worse, like you said, than check out our weekly post. But wait a minute, I haven't seen anything since December 2013. So Mm -hmm. what I counsel entrepreneurs to do is to think about what are the most important platforms for you and then – ignore the rest for now get started in a quality way on one or two platforms so if you decide podcasting is the way to reach your your customer base then do deliver an excellent podcast series if you think you know if you're if you're targeting middle-aged suburban moms well then get your facebook program buzzing uh, but don't try to go across every platform and every medium and all of a sudden come out of the gate with a YouTube channel and a podcast and a Twitter feed and, um, you know, a blog. It just, you, you'll crash and burn.
1: Yeah, it is. I think those uh, two words are words I use often: consistency and persistency, Because consistency is really important. It, it really, in my opinion, separates the, you know, the serious from the from the people who are just fleeting for the moment, trying something new. And like you say, you visit their blog, and it's like nine months since they posted something fresh. I, I mean, that's like eject as soon as I go to a website like that because. Cause they're not serious and, and persistency I believe also has to do with recognizing that the sales cycle has gr- gotten so much longer than it used to be right I mean back mm. back in the day <laughs> back in the day <laughs> when I was in school I used to hear it was like six or eight touches I think it's probably like 26 now you know you know Pieces of contact. It's probably even more than that if you if you think about it. But um, so it's it really is all about persistency. One of the things I've been doing. Uh, I'm in my sixth year of doing weekly videos, and I've never missed a week. And believe me, there were somewhere it was pretty close in a stretch. But one of the things that kept me holding on to is I I never wanted to not be able to say I've never missed a week, even if there was a good reason. So. Um, but people come to know you for certain things, and if they know mm-hmm. you're consistent and you're a persistent marketer, that also says a lot about, I think, how you would work with them as a, uh, as a client or a customer.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's better to figure out what you're going to be known for, like you said. If you're going to be known for consistency, then you deliver that video every Monday or Tuesday or whatever it is. I think I'm sure you're familiar with Maria Forleo. I mean, she's done an excellent job Mm -hmm. of being consistent on YouTube. If you're going to be known for long, thoughtful pieces, then that's okay that you're doing them every two weeks or maybe once a month. Your your customers are going to come to you because they're going to want to see all of the insight, all of the background, and know that you're serving up 2,000 words that are really thoughtful and make you think. They're not going to expect that every Monday. Um, as long as it's consistent, that's fine. One of the things that I also try to remind entrepreneurs to think about that that I believe helps you stay consistent is remember it's about them, not you, right? Mm. That, um, you know, when I built my blog, it was my space on the web because I had found my voice and, you know, this. I, I had my little place. And then people started to actually read it. Well, then all of a sudden it wasn't about me anymore. It was about them. What are they expecting from me? What do they deserve? They're taking their time out of how many blogs, you know, they're choosing mine. So I owe them something.
1: Right. You know, on your website uh, for Double Forte, um, I, I uh, checked out your beliefs, which I think are very cool. So the <laughs> first one you is what you say and how you say it matters. I think we probably can assume most people get that. The next one, you totally resonated with me. Laughter is good. I mean, it is about having a sense of humor, and most people, even if they don't think they're a comedian or whatever, they realize that laughter is a part of everyday life. And when you, in my opinion, as a business owner, if you if you're coming out serious all the time, I think that's a turnoff. Is I'm assuming that's what you mean by by laughter?
2: Yeah, I mean, part of that value is it's both our internal and external values. So. Here in the company, if we're not having a good time, then uh, something's really wrong, and we need to reexamine that. But from a content strategy perspective, one of the things I always—I I help clients. I build content maps with them, so we think about okay, what what is your main theme? What are the three key stories that fall out of that theme? Where do we want to deliver it? What you know, what does the format need to look like? But then you look at it with the lens of: Do you have a good mix of content that educates? So I want people to understand, you know, the service that I'm offering, convinces them, convinces them that this is the service they should choose, inspires them, right? We we have so much coming at us. We should be, you know, making more money. We should live in a bigger house. We should be finding more hours for charitable work. I mean, should, should, should. So how do you inspire people that uh, they're on the right path, that they can attain the goals they want to attain, and then entertain I mean, there's a reason that LOL cats are bigger on the web than, you know, anything I've ever written. People just – people are people. They come to work as their whole selves, and they want to have a good time and laugh.
1: You know, or laugh, um, as they
2: say, in the rest of the country, right?
1: Yeah. So I, I post every day to LinkedIn and Facebook are probably the two biggest platforms. And what I do, um, I post – a. I used to call it a success tip. Now I just put it out there, some kind of marketing or business building strategy. I usually post something slightly personal. Today I posted a picture of me with my new granddaughter, and then I always post something that will make people laugh. And you know, it's if it back in the back in the day, I've got to stop saying that, but a couple of years ago when I was much more business focused, Liz, I, I would get you know a certain number of likes or comments and then it started drifting off, but man, I think I, I haven't looked in a while because I've been on back-to-back calls, but wh- around lunch I looked at the picture that I posted with me with uh, Lucy, my granddaughter, and I think I was like over 30 likes, so you know, it's, it's how you're going to connect with people. People don't always want to hear your greatest and best you know, serious advice. They want to get to know you as a person. And I think that's equally as important as how smart you are.
2: Yeah, I think the second most important word after relevancy is authenticity. And Mm. um, I think that is a challenge for certain generations, too. I'm an Xer. Um, and when I started out in the work world, you did not talk about your personal lives. You, you know, I, I remember coming back to work after having my second child and people said, how's the baby? I'm like, oh, right, baby. I almost forgot, you know, because I had to show back up at work as a work person. Um, millennials, I think are doing a much better job of bringing their whole authentic self to work than maybe extras and boomers did. Um, and it's what resonates. I mean, all of a sudden, entrepreneurs aren't founders anymore. They're makers, if you've noticed that shift. TED Talks have become, you know, so moving and important. All of a sudden, people realize stories are more powerful than data, and in order to have a powerful story, you have to be willing to put your authentic self first.
1: That's great. You know, you work um, at Double Forte. You guys work both with, you know, entrepreneurial and small businesses, but you also work with some larger, more established brands, right?
2: mm mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So, yep. so my question is, how do some of these, we'll call them old school brands that probably, you know, the CEO might not even know what Twitter is or something like that? How do you work with a company like that to, so they can they can also stay relevant in the in this digital age?
2: Kicking and screaming. No, I'm just kidding. Mm. Um, It really really depends on the company. Um, It's becoming less and less problematic from where I stand. Um, Certainly, I mean, I've worked with big financial institutions who are so hung up on regulations, and, um, you know, they want you to craft a tweet, and then they're going to run it through compliance and legal, and, and, you know, you're Mm. like, okay, well, that tweet's going to be irrelevant in two weeks when it runs through all the chains, and a tweet is, you know... Not going to be heard anywhere. Um, But the regulations do, you know, when you learn to understand the regulations, they do allow you to uh, use social media. You just have to be aware of of what the pitfalls are. Um, So, you know, that's an extreme case, but most big companies are starting to understand uh, that they need to be on social. And the biggest challenge I see is understanding that you're going to put yourself out there. It is not a megaphone, it is a conversation. So if, you're, if you, big company, are going to put yourself on social and start to deliver messages, you damn well better be prepared to hear the messages back. That's the biggest challenge. But more and more companies are realizing that as scary as that might be to open up the dialogue and have it in a public place, the benefits far outweigh the risk.
1: Yeah, like so many teenagers, I started at 15 in retail. I, was, I stayed in retail until almost 30, and um, I learned so much. And one of the most important lessons I still carry with me today is, is that the old, the old adage, a broken bone will heal stronger. And I've, I've, I got really, really good when I'd see a customer come in, and you can almost cartoon like see steam coming out their ears and they're red in the face. I used to relish those. <laughs> most of the people would run and hide in the back. And I knew all I got to do is make this person happy, and I'm going to have a customer for life. Right. So I think what social media does, in my opinion, is it allows you to have those connections with customers who might not want to come back in or might not even want to call. Maybe they just don't like confrontation. But with social media, it gives them a chance to actually kind of voice themselves with Yelp and stuff like that. But it it does. I think one of the most important things social media does for companies, is, as you say, Liz, it gives you a chance to have a dialogue with somebody and and fix, heal, repair, you know, change what, what might be a negative situation.
2: Right. I mean, and, and you get all kinds, right, on social media because it is such an um, accessible platform for everybody and it is a safe place in the sense that um, you can hide behind your, your handle. So you're going to get all types, but if you stick with it, if you're genuine, you're authentic, if you're open to dialogue, then uh, the people who are watching these conversations take place, they'll, they'll see the real the real brand emerge in these conversations. And then sometimes they're, they're, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Um, I had a client once who, because of the industry they were in, no matter, they could post on Facebook that they had just rescued 800, you know, starving puppies and were delivering them to, um, you know, children in need. And the comments they would get would just be hateful. We used to call it the wall of hate. I mean, in that case, That's not your platform. It just, there was nothing they could do to engender goodwill on that platform. So find another way to do
1: it. Hmm. Um, you know, a lot of companies ask, well, how do I know if I'm getting a return on my investment? And with social media, you know, I guess the big investment outside of like paid ads and stuff is, is your time, right? How do, Mm -hmm. so how do you, how do you answer that? Just curious. How do companies, how do you help them understand the return on investment with social media?
2: Yeah, the first thing would be forget everything you've heard. You know, there are all these social media experts and smack me if I've delivered any of these, you know, these nuggets of made-up nuggets of wisdom, but there are all these social media experts who love to expound, you know, it's all about engagement. It's got to be about uh reciprocity. Um there there's no one set of rules for any any organization who's engaging. Um, so the way you measure it really has to be tied to what it is you're trying to achieve. And that's the most important thing, right? Think about before you start communicating content strategy, any other type of program, what it is you want what the outcome to be. And then you measure. So um, it's a mix. It's a mix of looking at, you know, consumption. Was it viewed? Was it downloaded? Was there chatter around it? It's sharing, you know, tracking the shares through all the social buttons, um ultimately ultimately it's probably about sales. So if you're not seeing the needle move either through leads via downloads, emails or, you know, sales via unique URLs that you can track or um e-commerce, then then you need to reconsider your
1: strategy. Are you at um Double Four Taylor? Are you helping companies with live streaming now? I mean, I think that's kind of the most new and emerging part of social media, whether it's Periscope or Blab or things like that? Do you, do you guys help people through that? Or
2: Yeah, we, quite honestly, we haven't had a lot of requests for it. So what we're doing is we're, we run a lab here at double k We, um, as employees, use as many of these platforms as possible. Uh, you know, I, for example, run, uh, host a local cable show, and then I post the, the links to YouTube so that when I am counseling a client about a YouTube strategy, I actually have one of my own. Um, so while we haven't seen a lot of appetite yet from our client base for Periscope and Meerkat and live streaming, we're using them ourselves so that we're ready when they do. Um, we're certainly, our clients do a lot of events and so we are periscoping those events. Is that a verb now? I guess it is, right?
1: <laughs> we're scoping, periscoping. I think, yeah. <laughs> You're scoping.
2: Is that the, is that the lingo? Um, I think it's a really interesting platform. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, but again, it's, it's only going to make sense for certain brands, not all brands.
1: Yeah, what about a business? Whether they're you know, let's—I don't know—they're young, old, small, you know, big. What's the, what's the best way to win the hearts and minds of of their customers or prospects using you know content marketing?
2: Um, back to relevance, relevancy and authenticity. I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but um, making a connection and delivering value. So that's where you go back to this mix of. Do I have the right mix of content that entertains, inspires, convinces, and educates? You know, some of your content has to be um, purely informative. How to, uh, what they need, how to use my product, why you might need my product, how to solve a problem. Some of it really has to be inspirational. It has to make your buyer feel like they're going to get more than what they buy in the box or the software package or the service. They're they're going to get um they're going to meet some goals, personal and professional goals, when they use your product, and that's where the inspirational content comes in. And then, you know, again, back to laughter, make them make them feel good.
1: That's awesome. Um, so I got about three minutes left here with you, Liz. Um, if you, if I was to ask you what for somebody that's really new, what are like the first one or two or maybe even three steps, if you can, to creating. Content on a regular basis, but it's relevant, but also so they can do it consistently. Do you um, do the do you prescribe or subscribe that they should do most of it themselves? Do they outsource articles or blogs, or you know, what are some of the some of the ways that you you help people that are clearly in an overwhelmed situation?
2: That's an excellent question. Um, but, well, the first step in any content strategy is identifying your audience, and then I urge all of my clients to develop buyer personas. So the more you can get in the head of your clients, then the the more relevant the content is going to be. As far as who develops it, so one of the services we offer is this content mapping strategy where we'll sit down with you, extract the themes, extract the stories that fall out of that theme, and figure out, okay, how does that translate to platforms and um, media and frequency and all of that good stuff. I think it has to be a mix. If it's not your forte to develop content, ooh, pardon the pun, right? Then um, hire (laughs) and hire someone who um, who can do that. But some of it needs to be in your own voice. It's back to that authenticity. Uh, That's the other beautiful thing about content these days. Videos don't have to be perfect. Blogs aren't expected to be, you know, written like Tolstoy. Um, As long as it's real, it's authentic, it's adding value. Some of it has to be in your own voice.
1: That's awesome. So um, if you want to take a minute or so and, and let us know about uh, Double Forte, how people can connect with, learn more about the company and, and possibly connect with you, that'd be great.
2: Excellent. Um, yeah, visit us at double-forte.com. We've got offices in San Francisco, Boston, and New York City. Um, we're on Twitter at Double Forte PR, and we're also on Instagram. And you know what? We stick to those two platforms because we don't try to do everything.
1: That's awesome, Liz. Thank you very much. It's uh, great to talk with you. I did it, I did interview um, uh, the president of your company, Lee, for um, yep. I think it was about three months ago, and um, so it, it's fun to connect with more people at your. I really uh, enjoy what you guys are doing. You're doing things in a really uh, first class way. So great to connect with you. And, and as just so people know, before we went live here, um, Lee is from New England, right? Are you originally from New England?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yep. Often there you the- go. And. The accent, I guess, didn't come out today, huh?
1: No, I, I didn't hear that. The only thing I, my ears perked up is when you said the, uh, the forte pun. I caught that. I thought that was pretty cool. But anyway, great connecting with you, uh, Liz. Thank you so much.
2: You too. Thank you. Have a great day.
1: Okay. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Stick Like Glue Radio with Liz O'Donnell from Double Forte. Stick Like Glue is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. I'm your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. I am, as always, committed to helping you build another profitable business faster or i just threw the word another in there watch for another great episode of stick like glue radio this time next week until then keep taking ash and keep moving forward and don't ever 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 give up hey go out there and do something nice for somebody today take care everybody
0: you've been listening to stick like glue radio the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer spend more and refer more. Stick Like Glue Radio features Jim Palmer's unique brand of smart marketing and business-building advice for action-oriented entrepreneurs. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.getjimpalmer.com. To learn more about Jim's Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind program, visit www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. If you know other entrepreneurs looking for the fastest way to hire profits in their business, please tell them about the Stick Like Glue radio podcast. Now go and implement what you've learned and boost your profits. See you next week for more Stick Like Glue radio.